Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you for joining once again today. We certainly have a lot to get to uh, in this uh, week where the Minnesota Wild finished 2-1. and one. Yep, 2-1, and one, which is the good part. That's the good news. The bad news is Zach Creasy and Jason Tominville have the mumps. I mean, that's... Freaking awful. Yeah, I, you know, it's like, here we go again. We're back to the mumps again. I mean, really? Remember when the St. Louis Blues all had it for all that time? A couple years back, it's, the mumps are back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, what a mess of a week. Just a mess. Yet we finished 2-1. and one. Go figure. It's a club that knows how to win hockey games, and that's about it. Uh, we'll talk about Avery Peterson today. Got a nice article from Pavel Bunyat out there. And, of course... We're going to continue to talk about the other prospects and just ups and downs with the club, the trade, of course. Martin Hansel and Ryan White acquired from the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, I'm kidding. The Arizona, <laughs> I'm just teasing, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, much to Shane Doan's chagrin, he was pretty ticked off. Well, also, I, I'm going to play a clip from the uh, Boudreaux press conference after the Columbus game. That was extremely frustrating. And, you know, after this week, don't you just hate the Columbus Blue Jackets now? And, and the, the way they beat us on the... And New Year's Eve was just frustrating. And then this one, what the hell? Really, a one nothing game. And, of course, the way things turned in that one as well. Just one nothing. yet, man, it just... <laughs> you feel like you should have, we should have won that game or at least got a point out of it. Disgusting and frustrating. Uh, Martin Hansel acquired from Arizona. Big, burly, third-line center from, <laughs> from Pavel's country over there. Yes, sir. In the Czech Republic. Also, you have... Ryan White, who uh, I'm impressed with him as well. Uh, Hansel brought in basically to be a third-line center for this club. And, boy, this club has so many centers on it. It's unbelievable when you look at the situation. Because Ryan White can play center. He has played center in the past, a fourth-line center, a fourth-line winger. When you look at the different number of centers on this club, it just shows the depth this team has. You know, so if there are injuries, you can work around them. Uh, you know, you put uh, Eric Halla down to the fourth line, which has kind of been going on when you had Coyle as the third line center. Now you can move Coyle back to the wing. See, it's just like, wow, it's all over the place. Bringing Eric Stahl in caused that, created that domino effect, which created a huge amount of depth for this club. Now you bring in Hensel and White, which can make it even better. And White's been pretty good, and Hensel's been good as well. Very solid. Really impressed with Ryan White thus far. Everybody likes that guy across the league. Just a character player to have in your locker room. And he's actually kind of good, too. He's not bad at all. He was with Philadelphia. They wanted to keep him. They were unable to last year. So it kind of is what it is. He, both players are going into uh, the summer as free agents, unrestricted free agents, of course. So we're going to have to make decisions there. Ryan White, so far, three points in the three games he has been with the Minnesota Wild. And Mr. Hensel had two assists in the Winnipeg game. So not too bad, not too bad. Good start to their to their at, at least rental months with the Minnesota Wild, depending on how things go. Uh, Timo Polkinen got, got frustrated, and I, I figured this is going to happen. I mean, a guy who probably... He should be a fringe fourth-line, third-line NHL player, I think. 
but it just wasn't going to happen here the way things were going. And, you know, he's a great AHL player, and he's a fringe bottom six guy in the NHL. A guy with the talent, you'd think he could be, even be a second-line guy if he could ever if he could be just a step quicker. And it's just, that's kind of what's going on. He's one of those guys who's kind of good at everything but not great at anything, you know? And there's a lot of players like that in sports, and they're the ones that kind of tend to be the fringe guys that don't get over the hump. Uh, Tyler Grayvok, all this, man. There's a lot of player movement going on here. Uh, Zach Dulp put on waivers. Grayvok was put on waivers. He ended up clearing waivers, going back to Iowa, and then getting called up again because the mump struck. And ever since then, Tyler Grayvok has been fantastic. And we'll talk about why as well. Why Tyler Grayvok has been fantastic. Uh, of course, the two games, we'll say real quick, Monday and Tuesday, February 27 and 28, L.A. and Winnipeg. But Grayvok also, he's been playing on the wing now. So And he's been better on the wing. So that's the exciting part. Uh... Again, let's let's mention the number of centers on this club here. I mean, let's let's just analyze this. You know, you got Eric Stahl number one, Koivu number two, at the moment uh, Hansel number three, and then number four is Eric Halla. And then you add the fact that Coyle is this you know can play center. He's played center many times in his career. Jordan Schrader has played center in his career. He's been a center many times, and he's on the wing at times as well. Mikhail Granlund has played center for most of his career, and look at how good he's been on the wing. And Tyler Grayavok has played center, and he's doing pretty good on the wing. This is the first time we've seen him on the wing pretty much this season. He's been When he's been up with the Minnesota Wild, he's been the fourth-line center, and he's been very unproductive for the most part through his first 45 games or so, 40, 46 games. But this past week at the wing, on the fourth line, he's been downright fantastic. And he's been also shuffled around because, you know, he's generally the fourth line guy, but occasionally he'll go up to third, and you get the idea. And Ryan White played some top line, he's played fourth line, he's played third line, he's all over the place. Um, And of course, Ryan White also can play center. I mean, you have at least seven centers on the roster. How crazy is that? At least seven. And even Zach Dolp was a center, but he has been claimed. So unfortunately, Zach Dolp will no longer be with the Minnesota Wild. Mr. Uh, Timo Polkinen was end, uh, ended up uh, getting traded to the Arizona Coyotes, and he scored in his first game for uh, future consideration, so basically almost given away, but we'll get something back, whatever it is, maybe it's a late pick or cash or whatever it is, but uh, you got several centers on this club, you got the depth, and, but unfortunately a very sloppy week, and the fear is Jonathan Quick coming back, you have this big trade with the, the Kings and the uh, Tim of a lightning, Ben Bishop coming in. It was like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Quick isn't healthy. And I, I don't know, he wasn't too sharp in the game against Minnesota on Monday, February the 27th, the end of the Wilds' extremely long homestand. And a fun homestand it was indeed. A nice 5-4 win for the Wild, but again, 5-4. to four. That's kind of ugly. Devin Dubnik, not one of his better games. Jonathan Quick, not one of his better games. I mean, you think Jonathan Quick and Devin Dubnik, maybe 3-2, 2-1, 2-2, going into overtime type of thing. Uh, and of course, Gabrick scored. What a big shocker. <laughs> but yeah, Ben Bishop, I mean, Budai, who's been so good for the LA Kings, sent to Tampa Bay for Ben Bishop. Interesting trade, as Bishop was looked on as the franchise goalie. But the, the guy who has replaced him during the course of the season has just been absolutely fantastic there in Tampa. So it just kind of is what it is. Um, <laughs> you got so much. You, I mean, if you have two good goalies and one of them's too expensive, might, might as well make that move. And of course, the Kings were able, were willing to give up Budai, who's one of the better backups in the league, and he did a he did a great job during the course of this season. So it is what it is. Uh, Mikhail Granlund continuing to be awesome. Unfortunately, unable to get any points in the <laughs> unable to get any points in the Columbus game because nobody got points. But over the course of the week, Granlund just just adding the assist and the goals. Of course, couple goals, including a spectacular one in the overtime period. His 300th game and his 20th goal this season. Now, nice little milestones for Mr. Mikhail Granlund. Again, a five to four victory. <clears throat> this game didn't start too well. Nick Shore, nice kind of one timer play off of Marion Gabrick, fifth goal of the year, and the Niederreiter tips in a pass from Jared Spurgeon. What a nice play there, indeed. Kind of trying to put the puck on that, but also trying to set up uh, Nino Niederreiter. Nice deflection. And the number 20 again. Remember last week you had the number 17. Now you're getting the number 20 all over the place in this game. 20th goal for Niederreiter, 20th goal for Tanner Pearson. That was extremely frustrating. I like what I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That was not a good goal. Uh, it is what it is, though. Um, and again, this is Devin Dubnik, not Darcy Kemper in that. Uh, Jordan Schrader was able to tip the puck off of a LA defender and put it in for his fourth goal of the year. Tie game. Jake Muzin, eighth goal of the season. Again, this one. Um, Dubnik. I mean, the last two goals here were like, what the hell? 
really. You know, I mean, the, the Gabbert goal kind of was what it was. He was kind of left on his own, kind of just... Uh, Nate Prosser just could not get his stick on the puck, and it got to Gabrick. I thought Nate Prosser was going to deflect that, but then Gabrick was all by himself with an open door there, and Dubnik just couldn't get there in time. So four goals allowed for Demon Dubnik. But boy, that Muzzin goal and Pearson goal, it just kind of left you like, what? Oh my goodness, that doesn't look like Dubnik. It just kind of looked like he was frozen and the puck went over his shoulder. When Dubnik's not on his game, and you, should, you, know, you can really beat that guy on the shoulder, and it happens twice in this game. Uh, of course, Jonathan Quick, first game back since the season opener. So no Ben Bishop in that. That's kind of funny. But Jonathan Quick in that, where I was scared thinking about that. But luckily, things did work out. At the end of the day, Jason Zucker, very clutch goal to tie things up with seven minutes remaining. Thank you very, very much for that. A nice play as <laughs> Kravak and Zucker kind of working together here. This is a this was a during a penalty kill. Actually, no, this was not. This was just a, a, a during a line change. Pardon me, and a just a fortunate situation. We got to say with this goal, <laughs> Kravak able to finally get his first assist of the season, and Schrader adding a seventh. Jason Zucker. Able to tie things up. Thank God for that. And a good play by Jason Zucker, without a doubt. Jason Zucker hasn't gotten lucky all year. He's just been good the entire season. And then the play of the whole week and why this wasn't the number one goal of the week on NHL Network. Instead, they gave it to Panic on basically kind of a one-timer play. Really? That's the goal of the year? Is Panic's goal? I don't know. Or no, it wasn't a one-timer. It was a wrist star. But still, come on. Where this one, now Koiva wins the faceoff. And zings it up, uh, and they got it back to Spurgeon, who put it forward to Granlin. Granlin beats three defenders, basically, on the play. Just a spectacular play, as, of course, it's three-on-three hockey. Anyway, he goes right through all the L.A. Kings, gets near the ground, goes low, and beats Jonathan Quick, low left. Awesome play, and 20th goal of the season. Just six seconds into overtime, or was it 12 seconds into overtime? Great play, and the wild escape. Jonathan Quick smashes his stick on the, on the, on the boards, and that was it. He broke his stick. The poor thing, that poor stick did not have a long night. A oh, poor guy, or did, did not have a long, uh, did not have a long life. <laughs> Jonathan Quick just coming back with that thing and gone. It went frustrating night for Jonathan Quick, but it, you know it kind of is what it is. At least the Kings got a point, I suppose. You know how things go. Overtime losses are extremely frustrating, but hey, we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> Ryan White adding a goal and an assist along the way. Nice play, Ryan White in on that one. On a play from Eric Stahl, tipping in the pass, and Ryan White able to finish eighth goal of the season. Welcome to the Minnesota Wild, Ryan White. And he was also, again, able to get an assist on the Niederreiter goal as him and Spurgeon teamed up for the Niederreiter goal very early in the game. Ryan White getting introduced to the Wild fan base very early and often in the Kings game. Thank you very much. Victory for the Minnesota Wild. And the mess continues. You know, this is a classic Darcy Kemper game. And this really, this reminded me of Game 7 of Minnesota versus Colorado 2014 with Darcy Kemper in that. Darcy Kemper did not get a concussion, at least. So you didn't have to replace him in that seventh game. But this was very similar. As the whole time, Winnipeg would take the lead and the Wild would tie it up. Winnipeg would take the lead and the Wild would tie it up. And Kemper did not look good the whole time. Just did not look good at all. The whole night. I mean, it was just really... Kemper was back to his old self, and this is where you want to look at Alex Daylock, possibly. Now, my buddy Chris over there in San Jose Sharks Live, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second segment, but uh, that show has aired, by the way. Pucknology. Pucknology, look it up. iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist out there. Double Twist and iTunes mirror, but it's definitely at least on iTunes and Double Twist, because I, Double Twist mirrors iTunes for Android devices. Check it out, Pucknology. I'm on there, the newest show. The newest show, it's it's finally airing because Minnesota and San Jose are playing. It again is a San Jose Sharks show. Patrick Lane, one of those rising stars in this league, scores very early in the game, and it's like you just knew, you just knew Kemper wasn't going to be on. It wasn't a bad goal, but it's just already, and you knew it was going to affect Darcy Kemper, and it did. But luckily, the Wild would score four consecutive goals. So you think everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Hellebuck, not so good. Winnipeg's goaltending, not what it's been the past couple of years. And Granlin off of a nice lead pass from Miko Koivu. Just awesome. An awesome lead pass by Koivu. Granlin, similar goal to the game before. Going low on the left side again. Awesome play. Beating Hellebuck. Just two minutes, exactly two minutes after Patrick Lang's goal. He's the Patrick Kane of the 
of the Winnipeg Jets, unfortunately for us. Yep, he's the next Patrick Kane, at least for Winnipeg's uh, <laughs> Winnipeg's point of view. 31st goal of the year, by the way. Granlin's 21st goal of the year. Just, wow. How could you not love Granlin? And then the Gray of Buck Gold. Gotta like that. <laughs> Granlin, what an amazing play. Martin Hansel able to get his first assist with the Minnesota Wild. We're very happy for him here. His 11th of the season. Able to include here, getting the puck to Granlin. Granlin almost finishing, and then just doesn't quit. He gets two attempts on Hellebuck, and as he's going down, it was like a Parisi type of play as he was getting attacked. His helmet was knocked off, and then zung that thing over. Centering cast at Grayovac, who finished to the seventh goal of the season. Really cool. Really cool indeed. Again, interesting group of players out there. Three centers, actually. <laughs> Three centers out there, and it worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see Eric Halla on the power play. Again, Granlin, another assist. Eric Halla using Hellebuck's backside or back of his pads, whatever you want to say, his lower shins on the backside. Done by design. Great play by Halla. All of a sudden, it's a 3-1 to one game at the end of the first period. This was on the power play. Granlin again getting the assist there. Nice pass from Granlin and Halla at the angle he was at. The only way you can score is literally using the back of the goalie to deflect the puck in the net, and it's exactly what Eric Halla did. Awesome. And Stewart with a rare fifth assist of the season. Nice. Scandella doing what he does, putting the puck on net. This one got through Hellebuck, who was just... It just wasn't his night, unfortunately for him. <laughs> Martin Hansel got adding another assist there. Good for him. So two assists on the night. And then things got started. Oh, you knew it was coming, didn't you? You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Adam Lowry, 11th goal of the season. Uh, you know, and it just continues from here. It just the snowball effect continues. <laughs> As you'd see, multiple goals just go right past uh, Kemper. He's out of position. And the Winnipeg Jets would continue until this game was tied up. Ryan White would add his fifth goal of the season, though. That was wonderful. We appreciated it very much. Chris Stewart, again, uh, Chris Stewart getting his second assist of the game, if you can believe that. Sixth, sixth assist of the year. Two assists for Chris Stewart. I mean, what the hell? Are pigs flying? And this is just a weird game. Ninth goal of the season for Ryan White. And then it was three more goals in a row for Winnipeg. I mean, every one of them extremely frustrating. You think, you know, would Dubnik be able to stop these? I think so. Including one that would bounce off of, it would bounce off the carom and off of Kemper's back. It's like, I don't know, was he not... Did, could he not see the puck or whatever it was? Just, I, I don't know. Um, Kemper just, mm, it, it just seems like he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time, doesn't it? If, if it's not his night, he is just, it's always magically in the wrong place. And that's exactly what took place. Perold, Armia, and Sheva with a good one. Sheva was a good goal. Uh, but it was extremely frustrating at the same time. It's like, again, would Kemper have been there on time? Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. But, and Zucker was getting roughed up the whole night, and the Winnipeg Jets were kind of not happy with Zucker either. I don't know if Zucker was lipping off or, or what it was, but you saw continued <laughs> aggression towards Jason Zucker. So you can imagine the Winnipeg Jets were steaming after this one. Eric Halla would, would get the puck. <laughs> well, Scandella would originally get the puck back over to Halla, up to, up to Zucker, who would just explode again. Halla going towards the going towards the net, drawing the defender his way. Could not see Jason Zucker behind him, who was streaking towards that net. And he would finish on a really nice pass by Eric Halla. Good night for Eric Halla. Point, uh, goal and an assist. Two points for a guy who, you know, he's not been putting up the numbers. And you know the talent's there. Extremely fast duo there, Halla and Zucker. Nice, nice, nice get together here as both Halla and Zucker. That was a big play, the play of the night. It would put the Wild back up. And thank God, <laughs> as Devin Dubnik was in net now after that fifth goal by... Winnipeg, they had enough. They took they took Kemper out of there because he was totally off. We might have lost the game eight eight to eight to five the way it was going. And Dubnik literally, uh, Dubnik luckily was was up to the task with seven minutes remaining or so, eleven minutes remaining. Pardon me. And the Minnesota Wild would end up winning the hockey game. Whew, escaped the thing six to five. One of the ugliest games you ever saw. One of the most physical games as well. Even though again it was more of a high scoring game, but there was a lot of penalties, a lot of mess in this one. The Wild would be penalized five times, Winnipeg four times. A pretty aggressive, crazy game with the Wild escape once again. And they have taken a four-game-to-zero lead in the series. So complete dominance over the Winnipeg Jets. He had them beat in October 15th, uh, November 23rd, 
February 7th and now 28th there. And then March 19th, the final game of the season. The Wild obviously have won the series. They already had won the series coming in. But nice indeed as we're able to escape. Thank God for that. And then we come to the gem here. Oh, the gem. Let's hear from... Let's 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 hear what Bruce Boudreaux had to say before I talk about it. Probably a frustrating game walking away when you had the chances you had and, and certainly some of the calls that didn't go your way. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I, I thought we played a really good game. It definitely didn't look like a forty-shot goal uh, game against us, and I thought we had way much better of the play, you know. And uh, uh, but <laughs> some bad calls out there. I can't. Yeah. Go ahead and ask. Well, I, first of all, the disallowed goal, your interpretation. Okay, rule 49-2 or whatever the dash mark is, says an opposing player cannot kick the puck and deflect off any other player. Well, first of all, the puck wasn't kicked at the net. It, he was trying to kick it up to his skate because it was going five feet wide, and they put it in their own net. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how in Toronto that they're calling it unless it's a guy they just pulled in off the street that hasn't seen hockey before because i mean that that was surely the the play and uh, i don't get it and as far as the, the the last two calls i don't know uh two penalties that we're calling i mean you want to give him an elbow hands on an elbowing penalty for that in front of the net that's great but you gotta you gotta give an embellishing penalty for for uh, the goaltender for throwing his head back as if somebody just shot a bullet and hit him in the head i mean that's f- freaking awful well, that pretty much sums up my thoughts. So, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm even going to review this game. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Zach Dolph also was claimed by the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, too. So, they have everything. We have nothing. Whatever. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but I don't know. For some reason, we never beat this freaking team. And I remember back in 2003, I still remember because that's just kind of the kind of memory I have. Before our nice playoff run where we went very far, the Wilds' first playoff appearance, you go all the way to the West Finals and you win two Game 7s on the road. You come back from 3-1 twice. Doing We, we did a Cleveland Cavaliers twice, right? You know, uh, this cocky team's ahead of you 3-1 to one, and you come all the way back and beat them. Pretty fun, pretty exciting. You beat them on the road in front of their fans. Ha-ha. And then, but Columbus, during, that, during the final week of the season... As the Wild were getting ready, they lost 4 nothing. They got their ass handed to them. There was like a five-minute penalty. You know how those don't end? You know, five-minute five power play. You know, despite if you score a goal, they, the penalty doesn't end. It just keeps coming. And that's basically what took place. Uh, both goalies were awesome in this game, okay? Bobrowski, Devin Dubnik, unbelievable the entire night. Unbelievable. And the Brandon Saad goal, well, you know what? It is what it is. Nick Folingo getting the puck on net. Brandon Saad... Kind of just crashing that net, putting the stick on it, just just getting just enough momentum to get that puck to slide through. And that's what it took. I mean, to get one bleeping goal on Devin Dubnik, he was unbelievable. Before that, though, the Wilds should have had the lead. And again, you heard <clears throat> Bruce Boudreaux describe it. I don't need to describe it. He described it perfectly for me. I mean, you know, it's just, and you saw it, you know, it, I thought it should have been a goal. I agree with Bruce Boudreaux. You know, it's, it's like I'm not a perfect expert on every little rule and all that because there's all kinds of bounce of the puck type of stuff. But normally that's a goal. I mean, it went off the defender. He didn't, he, he, I don't know. It just, it is what it is. He was just trying to get, he was just trying to gain possession of the puck to his stick, but it went off the defender. The defender came in, slid in the way and knocked it in. It, it's a, it probably should have been a goal, you know, and it probably, it absolutely should have been a goal and Whatever, here we stand today with a frustrating loss. Outstanding play by the goalies the whole night. So many opportunities. Devin Dubnik, though, just stood on his head the whole night. I thought Columbus controlled the puck possession a lot in this game. And I mean a lot. Until that third period when the Wild were insanely good. Uh, and it was fun to watch. But Columbus was just a tiny bit better those first two periods, I thought. Just a little bit. But then again, later in that second period, the Wild looked uh, looked better. Um, it, it did kind of feel like the New Year's Eve game, but Dubnik was so much better than that New Year's Eve game. I mean, so much better. Just awesome. Uh, that third period by the Wild was outstanding, but Pavrovsky, to his credit, stopped everything coming his way. 18 shots on net. All, all four power plays thwarted by both clubs. Awesome penalty kill. Poor power play by Columbus as they have the worst in the last several games. They've had the worst power play in the league, about 7%. So it just is what it is. They've been on a very, very uh, disappointing tear with their power play. And luckily the Wild were 
Luckily, the Wild didn't have to go, uh, get get them back and on track again. So that's the good part. Dubnik, incredible the whole game. Again, that's what it took. Just a tiny little squeak of the puck. And, of course, Evil Otto struck again. And it was Brandon side. There was Evil Otto with that wicked little smile. Ugh, Evil Otto. I'm going to call him that until he retires from the league. Because that's who he is. Freaking son of a gun. Uh, and, of course, again... You know, it had to be a former Chicago Blackhawk. It's just, and they just keep winning, and they get all the notifi- they get all the notoriety on national television. The Wild have been getting some, to be fair, but it seems to be favoring the Blackhawks in a big way. And now, luckily, at least the Wild have two games in hand thanks to their bye. But the Blackhawks trail the Wild by one point. One point. Again, this is a heartbreaking game, and of course, the penalties late in the game after the Wilds' momentum throughout, getting so many shots on net. Those late penalties, again, that were just, they were ticky-tack penalties. It was extremely frustrating. And again, it's not even if they're ticky-tack. It's the fact that Columbus should have been penalized as well, and they were not. And that the frustration would mount again the whole night. I, I, I don't know. And you know what? Teams go through these these down stretches. And it's unbelievable that the Wild were able to come out of this week 2-1, and one, the way things were going. I mean, you had poor cold goaltending from Dubnik in the LA game, poor goaltending from Kemper in the Winnipeg game. You have, you just keep losing the battles in the neutral zone. You don't clear the puck out of the crease. I mean, the crease, oh, for God's sakes. If, you know, it's just the puck is just laying there so many times. And then you give up, you give up so much space to other players. You miss on Gabrick and Prosser, if only he could have got his stick on that puck, Gabrick would have never scored, but luckily the Wild again escape. But four goals is, is a lot for Dumnik. That's a lot. And I know what's going to happen. Luckily, you're able to come out because your offense was ready to perform in that one, and Zucker just awesome all week. Granlin just, wow, what a finish. I'm thanking God in heaven that we were able to win that game. And again, for the Wild to escape Winnipeg the way that was going. Again, just like the, it literally ended in a lot of ways like the Colorado game. Game seven, it had to go to overtime after losing, the, after trailing, tie it up, trail, tie it up, trail, tie it up. You come all the way back, you win. Um, you just hang right in there. And the, the competitiveness of this team that refuses to lose, I appreciate it very much. And this Columbus game, a team that's been, uh, you know, they've been through a downtrend of late. And I think the Wild at the moment are kind of on a downtrend, but it can end very quickly. It can end very quickly. It just depends on when. You know, it depends on when this team is ready to kind of put the clamps down again. And luckily they did in the Columbus game. But will this continue again next time around? Still, 40 shots on net is a hell of a lot. Uh, But Dubnik, again, up for the challenge. I think, again, the defense could have been a little better. I think the puck possession could have been better. I mean, Columbus won so many battles in the puck possession. And that frustrated me. Yet the Wild still, again, only allowed one goal. Too bad. It's such a shame that the hollow goal didn't count and that maybe, just maybe, you go into overtime and, and, and get him there. Just maybe something gets past Bobrovsky again and uh, things go in a very positive direction. Ah, 40 shots on goal by Columbus, 38 by Minnesota. Fun game, in, fun game in terms of the competitiveness, frustrating in terms of the score and the outcome and the penalties and this and that, and the non-penalties going the other direction. Extremely frustrating. So it is what it is. Yeah, um, I don't know. Let's just move on. Mike McDonough award for me is Mikhail uh, Granlin, the guy who's leading the way for the season at this moment for that award. He is the front runner. Uh, Tyler Gravok, honorable mention in terms of what an improvement he has been. And again, seeing Tyler Gravok on the wing, you're seeing a better player. Again, again, a guy coming off the center and going to the wing is playing better. Mikhail Granlin, Coyle, this and that. Coyle played better, uh, played better at center this year than he has any other year in the past. But remember how so many times that Coyle was just mediocre as a center. And then you put him on wing, oh, he's pretty good. You know, and then now Granlin on wing, and he's, he's a freaking all-star. And <laughs> Tyler Grahavok looks better. He does. So it, it just is what it is, man. And uh, Jordan Schrader's been very good as a, as a, as a winger as well. When uh, you, you don't have him at center, he looks like a different guy out there. Though at the same time, he can play center. That's the good part. He's not terrible at it. It's just a matter of what's the better fit. Ryan White, same thing, but again, both Ryan White and Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Hensel, very capable of winning faceoffs, and and that's a good thing. Uh, Hensel, one of the best faceoff guys in the league, you got to appreciate that. Miko Cueva, though, usually the leading faceoff guy for the Minnesota Wild, uh, he won <laughs> he won 
He won 15 of uh, of 25. 25 faceoffs in that Columbus game. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Luckily, able to uh, go in the positive direction there. Eric Halla definitely stepping up of late, too, and I deeply, deeply appreciate that. Let's look at some numbers here as we wrap up the month of February. Again, this was, of course, March 2nd, the uh, Columbus game. But let's wrap up the month of February, thanks to... My buddy Pavel Bonet, yeah, yeah, he likes to keep stats up. He really, yep, and it's awesome. And you wrap, uh, you get a monthly wrap up here. Mikhail Grand, that's sixteen points, nine goals, seven assists. Again, he's the player of the month. Not only the player this week, he's the player of the month. As they may start to head in that direction too, thanks to Pavel uh, bringing these to me. Koivu, twelve points, second. Pominville with twelve points in February, and he missed the last three games with the mumps. Wow, Pominville. Just imagine, he, he odds are he would have gotten a, a, a couple points this week, the way things were going. 12 points for Jason Pominville. That's nice. Niederreiter, 10 points. 5 and 5. 5 goals, 5 assists, 5 goals, 4 assists for Jason Zucker, and a couple of very clutch ones, a game winner and a game tire along the way. Really appreciate the guy against the LA Kings and the Winnipeg Jets. Too bad he couldn't net anything against the hated Columbus Blue Jackets. Spurgeon with eight points. Nice. Nice little surge. Spurgeon had been a little bit quiet in the point department, but still very productive. Halla finishes with the five with the two, uh, and he he was able to finish strong with two points in the final game. So kind of frustrating there. Stahl only five, but finally got one goal out of it. Scandella five. That's surprising for him. (laughs) So quiet. Parisi, as well as he's played, only five goals because nobody's finishing on his passes, and he's made some nice passes along the way. And Stewart with three assists the month. No goals for Stewart. Funny. Two goals for Follin. That second one was pretty soft against the uh, Detroit Red Wings, but we'll take it. Schrader, one goal, two assists, three points. And she can continue. Dumba, only two. Two assists the whole month. Crazy. And Ravok got two points in the last in the last, last two game of the month there <laughs> against the Jets. Oh, man. Froster with one assist. Yeah, I mean, I could go on forever. And again, the White, <clears throat> and only and only with the Wild, three points. Pretty cool in those three games. Got it like that by Ryan White. And again, it was really three points two games for him when you think about it, the first two games there. But yeah, I mean, I don't need to go up and down like crazy, but it's still, it's cool to look at and impressive to see how some guys really stepped up. And Mikhail Grandler, not only the player, the Mike Madonna of this of this week, but the Mike Madonna of the month, Mikhail Granlin, and he's been just awesome. Thank you very much. Honorable mention, Dubnik, but at the same time, that Kings game isn't going to give him any any <laughs> isn't going to get him any awards. <clears throat> Pardon me. The uh, I should have yeah I should <laughs> the uh, I should have used the cough button there. Sorry about that. Um, but the James Shepard room week, I guess it's going to be. Kemper, but Dumba also has not been good. I've not been happy with Dumba the past several games. Yes, he was hurt in the past, and now he's just kind of getting the timing back, and who knows if he's still completely healthy. He's, And, of course, nobody's completely healthy. Um, and, of course, the mumps. I'm going to give it to three, three, three categories here. Kemper, Dumba, and the mumps, all deserving of the uh, James Shepard, the disappointment of this show. So there it is. We'll wrap that up. Let's preview some games and talk about the prospects. Back here on Brave the Wild, second segment, time to do some previewing, and we'll be talking about the prospects. Yes, sir, we have four games to preview. We got the Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, and the St. Louis Blues. Two little two-game homestand, and we head up to Florida for two games. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, and then after that, as we get into next week, we're not, you know, I won't be previewing those, but uh, boy, that's going to be a tough schedule. Chicago and Washington on the road. Woo, boy, five-game road trip, of course, and then wrap things up in Carolina. And then some home away, home away situations, and a little three game homestand later on in the month. Yeah, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself just a teensy weensy bit. <clears throat> San Jose Sharks are coming to town. My buddy Chris over there again, like I mentioned before, the Pucknology Podcast. Do check that out on iTunes and Double Twist at, at the bare minimum if, if it's not on Stitcher. But, um, yep, I was on the show. I uh, We recorded it about a couple, about two weeks ago, I believe. And then, yeah, but he was, yep, he had it ready to air when the Wild and the Sharks play. So that's how they do it. They get things prepared, ready to go. So when it's time to talk about the two clubs, boom, there you go. That's that's a good way to do things sometimes. you got to get ahead. And I, I've done it in the past, too. I'm doing it with Purple Mafia right now, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, and we talk about state 
of the Vikings 2017. That's coming up soon. It's a three-game season series way back on Jan 5th already. Man, two months ago to the date, pretty much. Yeah, literally, it's March 5th. March 5th, Jan 5th. The Wild win 5-4. to four. Pretty nice win on the road, despite at the time. The Wild were struggling a teeny bit, but they were hanging in there. Coming off of that, coming off of a uh, frustrating loss to Columbus, yeah, the Wilds start that win streak up again with Dallas with wins in Dallas and San Jose. Just insanely, insanely <laughs> impressive. I mean, the Wild never win in the Shark Tank. Now the Sharks come to Minnesota for two games, March 5 and March 21. And that 21 game will be on national television on a Tuesday night. That star game there. It's not Star Sunday, but it's a national TV game. <laughs> star Sunday is always a lot of fun, too. Hopefully we'll get some more of those coming up pretty soon. That will not be the case on Sunday this week. But, eh, you know, let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Shark Tank. Let's talk about the Sharks before I get a little, before I put my foot in my mouth here. The Western Conference Champions of 2016. Yes, sir. And they probably, I I don't know. I mean, most years you'd think they would have won the Cup the way they were going last year. But Pittsburgh was just on a freaking mission. Got a lot of Sharks fans as friends, actually. Of course, like I mentioned, Chris. So, uh, the Sharks, I'm a little partial to them now because of that. You know, I, I didn't like the Sharks before this, but now now I'm okay, you know. <laughs> Drew Bunting over there. Like I mentioned, Chris. You got Chris Porter also. That's why I know two Chris's. Yep, uh, Chris Porter. Been friends with him for many years on the SportsStuff.com. He's been he's one of my earlier hockey fan, uh, ho- hockey fan friends, you could say, for the past seven years or so. Eight years now. Wow, eight years. Wow, eight freaking years. Yeah, 2008. Uh, early 2008 is when I started into podcasting. And uh, yep, and there he was on the sportsstuff.com years ago. He's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, San Jose Sharks fan. Yep, uh, over the years. So it must have been pretty crazy having both of your favorite clubs in the Stanley Cup Finals. But it is what it is. Uh, Chris Porter has moved a lot in his day. He lives in Idaho now, but he was he's he's from Pittsburgh. He's lived in he lived in Northern Cal, where he with the San Jose Sharks and all that. So cool. Okay, <laughs> a little bit of background information there. Maybe I didn't need to get too much into it. Former Minnesota Wild player Brent Burns. Oh, 67 points plus 25. This guy's crazy good, isn't he? And yes, it took a while. And, you know, that's how trades are sometimes. Like, Charlie Coyle's taking a while. It took a while for him to get better, and it's taking him even longer to get better, we'll say. The same thing could be happening with Matt Dumba. Um, that's the thing. You get frustrated. The guy the guy was good, but he shows signs of just he's not that good. You know, his defense is inconsistent. And he is he this? Is he that? Is he going to be serious about this? Is he, you know, when is he going to break through and become a good player? You know, become a really good player. Brent Burns showed signs of it. He had a 40-point season, 25-point seasons with the Wild really early there. And then concussions kicked in and inconsistency and playing forward, playing defensive. And it just kind of threw him off all that, and, uh, yep, that was the conversation off and on with that, uh, and that's going on with, and then when he went to San Jose, it was kind of the same thing, but still, he started to get better and better, and then, boom, the last couple of years, he's been a superstar, again, 67 points in 63 games, that's one of the best defensemen you're ever going to see, pretty much, I know, he's not quite in the Paul Coffey category yet, but then again, well, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> Patrick Marlowe has been kind of on the decline the past few years, 37 points, though he has his up and down years. Joe Thornton's ancient, only five goals in the year, but 35 assists. He's definitely a playmaker, not a goal scorer at this stage of his career. Again, former number one pick back in 1997 by the Boston Bruins. Joel Pawlowski, excellent player. He's the best player with the Sharks last year, other than Adam, uh, excuse me, Martin Jones, who's been, you know, he's been good the last several years. 2.28 goals against the average. Outstanding. A lot better than Alex Stalock, hey, Chris? <laughs> I remember yeah, he didn't like Stalock too much. He had one good year, and then the big drop-off. Hurdle, who's capable of scoring a, a major clips, and then disappearing. That's kind of that's Hurdle. Paul Martin, Mr. Reliable, Mr. National Champion with the Golden Gophers here. College hockey team again. Division One NCAA hockey. Go Gophers, though, losing to Michigan last night. What the... What the... Oh, it was just... It was just... I mean, that's f- freaking awful. Thank you, Bruce. You got me there. Yep, thank you, Bruce. You, you picked me up on that one, and I agree with that. Yeah, it really, though. Like, really? Yeah, okay, this isn't a Gopher show, but I had to get that out of my chest. Ah... Uh, <clears throat> Anyhow, hopefully the Wild don't have a freaking awful game in San Jose, or again, at least at home against San Jose. It was kind of a wild one last time around. Hopefully the Wild continue to put the clamps down again. Hopefully they get a little consistency there this time around. Devin Dubnik most likely in that. Let's just get on with this. Uh, who's going to win this game? You know, I feel good about the Wild at home in this one. 
I don't think we're going to sweep the season series against this club, though. I don't know. Maybe we'll win this one and then just see what happens on the 21st. I'll, I'll pick a win. I'm feeling I'm feeling good right now, but so are the Sharks. They've won four out of their last five. They beat Toronto 3-1. I mean, look at the goals against. Wow, incredible. Only two goals against Boston. I remember the up just on that, that uh, Sunday game. Two goals against the Boston Bruins. Two to one victory there on Feb 19. Four to one, uh, two to one victory for Boston. That is, and then four to. Yeah, they had a four one win on Feb 18, and four one against Vancouver. Three to one against Toronto. Three to one against Vancouver. Not the best teams in the league, but still taking care of business, and that's what it matters most. I think the Wild will win the game. I like the way Dubnik played. I think you know usually if Dubnik has one of those awful games, he'll have several games in a row where he's good again. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of banking on here. That Dubnik will continue to be on his game because if he's on his game, the Wild's chances of winning are just like eighty <laughs> percent. He's that good. Yes, uh, I think the Wild will pull this one out, three to two victory for Minnesota. San Jose will get two goals. I'm sure Brent Burns will get one of them, just because he will. Because ex Wild players always score against us. Most likely guy for the Wild to score in the game. Oh, man. Hmm. It's like you want to just keep saying Granlund, don't you? I mean, and it's like years ago, that would have been a joke, but no. <laughs> Most likely guy to score. Ah. Oh. Granlund. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with Granlund. I, I feel very confident about that. I mean, there's all these other possibilities. You'd like to see Charlie Coyle do it against the team that drafted him uh, in 2010, but I don't know. I, I don't know. He's not been doing it. Only six points in February. Let's move on. St. Louis Blues versus Minnesota. Mike Yo as the head coach of the Blues for the first time coming home. Oh my goodness. And this is the, he's the head coach this time around. Minnesota Wild crushed the St. Louis Blues 5-1, to one, and that was the end of Ken Hitchcock. On Jan 26th, Ken Hitchcock officially let go. This time, Mike Yo is the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. He was the associate head coach and all that good stuff. The Wild have been playing very well against this club. St. Louis opened up the season with victories over the Wild, and the Wild win two in a row since then. Two wins at home. I think the Wild win the season series against this club. Yeah, I, I think the chances are very high. Uh, the Blues had been playing better, and then not so much. I'm not as comfortable going into Florida as I am with the Wild at home right now, believe it or not. The Wild never play well in Florida. Never play well in Tampa. Never play well in the Panthers, especially. Just for whatever reason. The Panthers could be the worst team in the league, and the Wild don't win there. So I'm not going to go 4-0. I'm not that big of a homer. Uh, Tampa Bay is kind of a crapshoot. I don't know, but uh, I th- I'm confident in the Wild against the Blues right now. They, they just play well against the St. Louis Blues, and Jake Allen still isn't that good. Uh, Connor, H- Connor Hutton is okay. Jake Allen's been, been better of late. Yes, his goals against average has been dropping significantly. Phoenix Copley, I like that name. <laughs> One of the... Uh, <laughs> right now, I would have to say AHL goaltenders for the uh, St. Louis Blues at this stage. Uh, bad Vlad Tarasenko has been awesome. I mean, every time... I mean, he scores every time against the Wild. Every single time. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk traded away to Washington, which pisses me off. Would have been nice if the Wild could have somehow got him, but we'd probably have to give up the freaking moon to get him. Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh, man. I don't know. I guess the... I don't know. I mean, I guess the Blues just figured for, for forget about it, at least with that one. Unable to re-sign him at this stage. Kyle Brodziak coming back home as well. Been away for a little... For a couple years now. Hmm. I don't know. The Wild should beat this team. I think they will. Uh, the Blues had been playing better under Mike Yo, but the surge has stopped, and you got a four-game losing streak here. You, you beat Vancouver four to three, and then you lose. They lose to Buffalo, Florida, Chicago, Edmonton. Now, understandable against those clubs, and I think losing to the Wild would be understandable. I expect them to possibly. I think they'll beat Winnipeg and Colorado, and then lose to Minnesota. So, in these next couple games here. I think the Wild win the game. We'll go with the final score, 4-2. to two. The Wild win a solid victory and win the season series against the Blues team that took them in the first two. The Wild will win the season series against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I feel confident in the way this club <laughs> is able to score against Jake Allen. I mean, I, and Connor Hutton as well, or Carter Hutton. I just called him Connor. Carter Hutton. I think the Wild should be fine. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, I think, is the most likely guy to score in the game. Uh, it just kind of is what it is. Bruce Boudreaux is a better coach than uh, Mr. <laughs> Mike Yo, I think. 
It's just one of those type of deals. It'll be it'll be fun to see again. You would figure if the Blues win the game with Mike Yo as coach, but I think the Wild win this one, and you'll see Mike Yo win a couple games in the future in XL Energy Center against us because it's just going to happen. You know, it just is. It is what it is. Uh, Wild will win four to two over the St. Louis Blues. Okay, Thursday in Tampa Bay. Thursday in Tampa Bay, March the ninth. You have back to back here. I don't know. I, I don't know about either of these games. It's not going to be that easy. Even though Tampa Bay's not been very good this year. The defending, uh, well, they went to the Eastern Conference final last year. And two years ago, they were the Eastern Conference champions and uh, ended up losing to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, much to my chagrin and many others. Ben Bishop is gone. Andrea Vasilevsky has been so good. He has been so awesome. Well, uh, for the most part. At least he was against the Wild. Uh, so I guess they're willing to keep him around. And then bring in Peter Bourgeois, who did not start off well, giving up four goals last time around. Vasilevsky was playing better earlier. He's been dropping off a bit of late. Yet at the same time, Tampa Bay has won four out of their last five, only losing to Calgary, which is what the Wild seem to do very often this year. <laughs> Calgary and Minnesota has not been a good matchup. Um... Wow, four of their last five. So they are making a playoff push. Ben Bishop again, though. Yuck. Terrible uh, start to his to his career with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's been Vasilevsky ever since. At that stage, again, four goals against for Peter Bujai in his first game. Kucherov leading the way, 62 points for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tyler Johnson, Jonathan Druin, all these solid players. I mean, you'd think they'd be okay. Brian Boyle traded away. The Wild would have liked to have him as a fourth-line center. It ended up being Ryan White instead with the Arizona trade. So at least you got that fourth-line guy in there, even though he's not going to play center, at least right now. Uh, Stamkos just can't stay healthy, and it's frustrating for Tampa. That's kind of been the case for so long, and he's been out for a while now. Torn meniscus. He just, you know... And when he's healthy, he's inconsistent in the Stanley Cup Finals years ago, and that's a couple of years back, and unfortunate for them. It just, again, <laughs> is what it is. This is a very winnable game. Uh, Vasilevsky hasn't been as good as he was. He, he was awesome against the Wild a few weeks back. He's not been as good of late, but still good enough to help Tampa Bay win a lot of games. He's got a he's got a 500 record on this season, believe it or not. Ben Bishop's been inconsistent, and he was hurt for so long, but healthy now. Uh, of course, again, Bishop now with the LA Kings. If you see Budai and that, take advantage. Take advantage. Hopefully the Wild can take her business there and win the game. Regardless, the Wild, this is a winnable game. I mean, you might as well take it and hope for the best. I don't think the Wild will win the Florida one. So, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like a something of the likes of... I'm having a hard time. I really am. It's going to be, I'm seeing a 3-2 to two game, a lower scoring game, but again, good enough for the Wild or Tampa to win the game, obviously. Uh, I, I think the Wild will win. I, I'm picking a win for this one. I mean, Tampa Bay is just not that good, even though they've been playing better of late. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go with a shootout win for, a shootout, shootout slash overtime win for Tampa Bay. The Wild will get a point. Uh, the most likely guy to score in the game. Let's go with Eric Halla. I, I think he'll net one in Tampa Bay. But I think the, the Tampa Bay Lightning will get a uh, overtime victory. The Wild will squeak out a point. 3-2 to two victory for Tampa in this one. I don't know. I, I hope Kemper is in the net, but don't be surprised, actually. But, you know, uh, then again, yeah. Um, if Kemper's in net, see, it's like you think about the back-to-backs. Let's go 4-3 to three win for Tampa in, in, in that case. 4-3 to three win for the Tampa Bay, Buc- uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, there it is. 4-3 to three overtime win. The Minnesota Wild do get a point out of it. Kemper's better than last time around, but not as good. Dubnik will be the guy in net against Florida, and I would hope that would be the case because Florida's better than Tampa right now, despite the fact they've lost four out of their last five, which is hard to believe considering how well they were playing before that. Um, Four out of their last five, but again, tough opponents. I mean, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa. Calgary is just, I I don't know, they're they're tough. Their record isn't good, but they're tough. They're hanging in there. Ottawa's good. Philadelphia, well, I don't know. Their only win so far against Carolina I, I don't like this game, though. The Wild never play good against Florida. I mean, unless Roberto, Roberto Luongo just has a terrible game, and that's he's, he's capable of that. I can't believe he's still around, by the way. He's been around for so long. Again, with Yarmar Yager as well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Guy, Mr. 
Mr. Mr. Retirement who's not retired who just keeps playing like he's he's just a, a old timer in Florida who keeps hanging in there. Just been awesome. <laughs> forty five years old, thirty five goals for the forty five year old Yaromir Yager again who beat the North Stars in ninety one. That's how old he is. Uh, I don't know. I I just don't like this matchup. It, it just never works out. Tough. Uh, they're just a tough physical club who doesn't score a whole lot. I mean, their goaltending hasn't been that good this year. It's been off and on. It's like you look at things. The Wilds should win this game, but I just, they never do. They never do. And if they do, uh, great. I think Florida's going to win. It's going to be something crazy. Let's go with like 2-1. to one. It's, It always is like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with a 2-1 to one victory for Florida. I, I, I just get that weird feeling like if it's Luongo, if it's Raymer, I think the, the Florida Panthers put the clamps down and have a 2-1 to one victory over the Wild. And I hate saying that. I do. I mean, they just beat... Or they just lost to Philadelphia two to one. I, I get a feeling that's going to be us in Florida on March the tenth. I just I, I don't know. It's frustrating. Thursday, March the tenth. I think that's going to be the case. Uh, I don't know. I've never liked the matchup. <laughs> Most likely guy to score in this game. Let's go with. Uh, Charlotte. Let's go with Eric Stahl. He needs to catch up. He needs to get going. Hopefully, you're going to see. Parisi or Pominville come back from the, the illness. Uh, Minnesota did beat Florida earlier this season, 5-1. to one. Roberto, Roberto Luongo was terrible in that game, and I remember that very well. Uh, he's inconsistent, he's crazy, but it's just in Florida. I mean, the Wild usually win at home against Florida, but in Florida, it just never works out. Once, maybe every three years or so. And I don't. I, I just have a creepy feeling it's going to be some really low-scoring game and Florida will squeak it out. Maybe the Wild get a point, maybe not. I'll just say no right now. It's just a prediction that uh, Florida will win the game, and the only guy to score in the game will be Eric Stahl. He'll finally get another one, and he's definitely in need of that at this point. So there it is. Two-to-one loss in Florida. Let's look at the prospects, shall we? Yes, sir. We're going to open things up with the Iowa Wild first and foremost. Let's talk about Mario Lucia, unfortunately. He has suffered a broken clavicle, unfortunately, and he is going to be sidelined six to eight weeks, unfortunately. It is, it is what it is again. Um, 22 points for Mr. Lucia, the son of Don Lucia. Nine goals, 13 assists on the season at the AHL level. Uh, he, he, you know, he'd been starting to show signs the last month or so and then kind of dropped off. It was like about a month ago he started showing signs of starting to really step up a bit and then starting to drop off and now a broken clavicle out six to eight weeks for Mario Lucia. Very unfortunate yeah, I, I mean, hope, hopefully he'll be back, ready to rock and roll. I mean, Olsen had shoulder injuries last year. Maybe coming into the summer, Lucia will continue to improve. Maybe he'll make the club outright, or he'll just have a big year in AHL, and we'll see his first NHL action at some point in the next season. Overall, very quiet week for the AHL's Iowa Wild, of course. Timo Polkinen still the leader in scoring, but of course no longer with the club. He's now with the... Phoenix Coyotes. So officially, the leading scorer of the current players is Alex Tuck. Cool. <laughs> Pat Canone, the career minor leaguer, 24 points. Mario Lucia, 22. Grayson Downing also traded in the uh, Arizona trade. So everybody's going to Arizona. Grayson Downing to Arizona in the prospect system, more than likely the AHL. Olofsson, Anas, Sam Anas, all the other guys. Not much going on. Mike Riley added an assist about a week ago. Adam Gilmore still down with the, uh, the uh, Quad City Mallards. Quiet week. Uh, he he added well. Actually, he's got four assists so far for the Quad City Mallers, but did not add any points the past the past few games here. It's been quiet. Also, they haven't been playing a whole lot of games as well. They've been having like big breaks, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> they and it seems like every other game they it's like they they're they they win like one they win like one nothing two to one or they lose four to one. Just not a whole lot of goal scoring and inconsistent goal uh, goaltending, particularly Steve McCulloch, who occasionally has great games. Alex Daylock has been really good though so far this season. Two point four eight goals against average. Again, I mean that's not fantastic, but it's good. Uh, uh, Ryan Carter's been down there three games so far. No points. Couple penalty minutes. Eh, so Ryan Carter still kind of getting his getting his feet wet again, playing playing hockey again. Tyler Grayovac, excellent, had a hat trick about a, about a week ago before the trade. Just before the trade, he had a hat trick and then came back up with the Wild. So Grayovac definitely been on fire of late, 
that that last send down for Grayevach was definitely a motivator, especially the fact that he cleared waivers. Nobody wanted him, type of thing. He's been a different guy, and hopefully he keeps it up. Again, a hat trick at the AHL level for Tyler Grayevach. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, even Dmitry Sokolov, not been quite as awesome this week. But then again, again, they haven't played a whole lot of games. At 63 points right now, 42 goals, 21 assists. Not the best so far this week. But then again, it is what it is. I mean, you're not going to score all the time. <sighs> you're, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, you're not going to score all the time. So let's bounce around a little bit here. Let's talk about Avery Peterson of the Duluth Bulldogs. The Duluth Bulldogs always beat the wild for whatever reason. It's so frustrating. Avery Peterson was... Avery Peterson and Carson Susie, a couple of Duluth Blue Dogs take it. But I keep calling them Blue Dogs. Bull Dogs. It comes out really bad. I keep thinking of Duke Blue Devils or something. Uh, Carson Susie, Avery Peterson, both members of the Duluth Bulldogs. Again, NCAA Division I hockey, one of the best teams in college hockey right now. Carson Susie, big, strong defenseman for them. Avery Peterson center. Let's look at Susie really quick. Again, um, still. Nothing going with the points. She's been stuck at 15 points for the longest time. Not bad though. Three goals, 12 assists. Still career highs at the a, at the uh, at the uh, hockey level, the NCAA hockey level, and the NCHC former WCHA. I, I miss that. <laughs> but uh, yep, he'll be he'll be hopefully getting at least to the AHL level next year. Carson Susie. I don't think he'll be at the NHL level, but AHL. And if he's at Quad City, uh oh, <laughs> that's not a good place to be for most prospects. Uh, Sam Morning also not a whole lot going uh, going on with the uh, Quad City Mallards either. He'd, he'd been on a little tear and it's gotten very quiet. Avery Peterson, two assists last night for the University of Minnesota Duluth. Of course, he was with the Nebraska Omaha, University of Nebraska Omaha the past two years. Again, only 14 games last season. And we'll talk about why. Only one assist in that case. 10 points this year in 16 games. Not too bad. Nice to see him coming back, ready to go. He was taken in the, in the sixth round in 2013. Susie was taken in the fifth round of 2013. Back-to-back. They ended up going to the Blue... Duluth, <laughs> oh, my God. Duluth Bulldogs. Wow, I am just losing it with that one. Let's talk about Avery now. If humanly possible. Uh, thank you very much, Pavel Bonnier. Uh, him and... Merrick Skybaugh from the Czech Republic both uh, created MNW players. MNW players, do check that page out. They were kind enough to allow me to be an admin as I post on there on occasion. They let me post on the page as well, the Brave the Wild, but do do some editing here and there. As you know, the in- English maybe not might not be their first language, so I can <laughs> yeah, it's not their first language, so I can help out a little bit with editing and such. But also maybe post uh, post an article or two here and there, or just some comments and uh, updates and such. So here we go, Avery Peterson's story. Avery Peterson's story. Uh, as he was drafted in 2013, late sixth-round pick, immediately after the draft, Peterson started to show big progress. 65 points in 25 games at the USHS in 2013. Very strong there. 21 points in the USHL in 27 games at that stage. Good start for that. And then he, and he was moved to the NCAA. Again, 21 points, like I was mentioning earlier, with Nebraska-Omaha. Only 14 games the next year. Only one assist. What happens is he left the university because his brother, who was suffering from, who was suffering from a rare illness called <sighs> metachromatic blue <laughs> Luco dystrophy, dystrophy, pardon me. Evan Peterson was diagnosed with, with a genetic neurological progressive terminal disease, terminal disease in early 2013. The coach of, of uh, University of Nebraska Omaha said that Peterson didn't talk about it much, but it was certainly something he struggled with. So this was a reason of Peterson's bad results. Yep, very distracted in that case. So un- very unfortunate. Um, it's a Minnesota, uh, we'll continue the article, probably many Wild fans registered this story, but few but few know that Peterson is back. He plays with the yep, 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 and Bulldogs, yep. Six goals, two assists, now it's four four assists in, 15, in 16 games, pardon me. Um, not the greatest numbers ever, but a strong start at the beginning anyway, and now he's starting to pick it up again. Hopefully things are starting to roll here. Uh, you, you never know, he might make it to the NHL, maybe not, um, but... It's good to know that Avery's back. He's doing his job at Duluth University. does not matter whether he will play with the Wild or not. I think, I think we give him our fingers crossed. 
Yep, so hopefully for the best again. And uh, about his brother, after undergoing a bone marrow transplant, his sister was the donor. Wow, bone marrow transplant. Bone marrow transplant in 2013. Evan appears to be handling his ailment well, although the nature of the disease leaves plenty of uncertainties. Even so, he continues to inspire those around him because sometimes it's more than hockey. And great, great, great job. Uh, thank you very much, Pavel. And uh, God bless Avery Peterson there in that um and and evan peterson of course uh interesting story so that's why avery peterson kind of he struggled and then disappeared and now he's back with a different team and you know he's playing a little better and hopefully you never know maybe he will make it maybe maybe not nice to see him maybe make it to the ahl or quad city whatever it is and go from there i suppose it's just one of those things i mean life is you know (laughs) there's more to life than than just hockey i i do agree with that uh, Luis Belpedio at this stage, 17 points on the season in 24 games for Miami University, was hurt last week, 17 points thus far this season. So hopefully he continues to, he, he continues, to, uh, he gets healthy and gets kind of back in the swing of things there. The captain of Miami University there, very cool, in Ohio, University of Miami, Ohio, Jack Sadick with the Gophers. Yep, one of those, again, just physical stay-at-home defensemen. Nick Boca, same thing. Both of them <coughs> taken in the 2015 entry draft. And again, both both what they are. Boca still just three points on the season. Sadek, ten, uh, excuse me, seven points on the season. Boca had ten points last year, so big drop-off. But again, Michigan was a better team last year. Kirill Koprizov, his season is over as they lost early in the postseason, unfortunately. But Koprizov, well, let's see. 2015 again with him. Ah, man, let's let's get him over here. Let's get him signed. Let's get him over here to the United States. Man, get him into the AHL as soon as possible. I can't wait to see the guy. Jordan Greenway, eight goals, 19 assists, 27 points so far for Boston University. Again, the, the sophomore, but still a, as good a sophomore as there is out there. And that's about it in terms of, of him. Luke Kunin again, Cunnin, 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 <laughs> 35 points on the season, continuing his tear with the, with the University of Wisconsin as they're still fighting for that Big Ten. You thought the Gophers had it wrapped up as they were able to win last week, and then now here we are. We lost again to Michigan. Now we can only hopefully settle for a split. How bad is that? Luke Cunnin, 35 points, 20 goals, 15 assists. He was the last feature presentation of this show. And next next, next time around, we'll be talking about the wild goaltenders in the system. We'll hear about uh, Kaipo and others. That'll be cool. Indeed. Uh, any other notables right now? Curtis Gabriel got in a fight by the locker room. Very stupid there. Uh, stupid. He's going to be suspended, and that's not going to help his cause at this stage. Curtis Gabriel, not very impressed with him. Kind of an out-of-control goofball. Uh, Kaipo Kokonen, we'll be talking about him next time around. Other than that, really, um, for the prospects, that's kind of about it right now, to be quite honest. Again, I mean, Iowa has been quiet. And the Quad City Mallers, you know, they haven't had the best week either, and they've had so many games off. It just kind of, again, is what it is. The player movement, Zach Dalp over to Columbus. Again, Polkanen to Arizona. And again, uh, Grayson Downing to Arizona in the big trade this past week. Again, a first-round pick, a second-rounder, and a conditional pick, depending on how things go. If uh, if, uh, <laughs> if if Hansel is not able to play a certain amount of games, it would, it would uh, definitely drop off into the fourth-round pick range rather than a, a higher pick. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm guessing uh, I'm guessing Hansel will stay healthy, and it'll be a uh, it'll probably be a higher. Higher draft pick, unfortunately, but in, in that case. But the fortunate part is Hansel will hopefully help lead the Wild to a Stanley Cup. That's much more important than maybe losing a draft pick. As, again, you're getting a wave coming in, and certain guys aren't going to get to the NHL because of it. So, yeah, I mean, that's where draft picks are a little bit more expendable at this stage, even though it really sucks giving up a first-round pick because you just, you just never know what the future holds. You never know which one of these guys is going to be good, is going to be a bust. I mean, you, you know, you don't know until they're in the NHL and for an extended period of time. Even the first couple, like, couple weeks or something, they're on a tear, and then they drop off, and you never hear from them again. They're just, they're just not what you expected, and the frustration starts to sink in. So let's just wrap things up here with that. I want to thank all of you. Please do join the Brave the Wild Facebook page. It is facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. I think the past couple of weeks I forgot about the dot Minnesota part because Brave the Wild's already taken by 
something out there that I don't even know what it is. So it, it's just one of those things. So I had to add the dot Minnesota part. That's unfortunate. Maybe I should have just put dot MN or something else. But well, it is what it is. I, I did get one response again from uh, from Benny Allen from Australia. He says uh, that he isn't wrong though when we're talking about uh, Bruce Boudreaux. I play, I put the whole press conference on there from Fox Sports North on the Facebook page. So yeah, I, I, I agree with Benny Allen there without a doubt. Yeah, gotta get a little more interaction on there, but thank you, Benny Allen. Though keep keep posting if you could, it would be appreciated. And others out there that have been listening, please post on the page if if you could, Pavel or somebody out there. Thank you very much. Do join, do like the page. There's the phone line again. Do like the MN while uh, MNW players, MNW players. Again, that's another page again that we work together on. And do join that, like that page, like the Brave the Wild page. Follow the Twitter at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. And then there's the call in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild and do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Opine. <laughs> Talk for one to three, even five minutes if you really want to. Um, again, there's the phone line there. Then there's the call now button on the Facebook page, which calls you, puts you directly to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so you don't have to worry about uh, long distance if you're not from the United States. And the other route is the audio submission route using the voice recorder on your smart device or whatever it is. Maybe you just use Audacity with a microphone at home and then just email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All of this information will be in the show description. So there it is. If you just want to cut and paste or, or you know copy paste that type of thing and then of course please do give a positive rating on itunes dying for that out there give me a positive rating on itunes if you could would be greatly appreciated i will mention you on air and give you a big shout out and a thank you until next week hopefully things can hopefully the mumps go away hopefully no one else is affected zach parisi jason pominville get well please and of course again scott stevens get well also it's also sick with the mumps, so please, hopefully things can, hopefully things can get cleaned up there and get rid of those mumps, and it doesn't affect anybody else. The rumors are it was Vancouver that that's where it started from, and then it just started to finally take effect after about a month here. Uh, man, hopefully things can improve in that category, and this isn't a big outbreak again. Oh, please, Lord, don't let that happen. <laughs> take care, everybody, and hope for a very positive week because things are going to get even tougher into next week. Mm-hmm.